1: Welcome to
2: Felony Friday, a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to another edition of Felony Friday, a weekly show right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. Of course, every week on Felony Friday, we focus on exposing injustice in the broken criminal justice system. And... You know what? I'll tell you later about the other shows on the podcast. I'll tell you after I introduce my guest, because if you're watching the video of this, you can see I have a guest with me. And if you're not watching the video, if you're just listening, then you should probably think about joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. Then you'd be able to see right now who my guest is. And my guest, of course, is my good friend, J.B. Lubin. J.B., welcome back to Felony Friday.
1: Uh, thanks, Odie. It's good to be back. <laughs> Though I might have to add, you did spring this video on me. I would have like exfoliated or something if I knew this was going to be captured for everyone to
2: see. I love springing surprises on people without telling them. It just really you know, it's You really get to know someone that way. You see how they react. And I tell you what, you just rolled with it. You didn't even, you just said, all right, so we're going to do video, we'll do video. So. Just the kind of guy I am, I guess. So if you want to see what JB looks like, You join the pride, go to patreon.com slash lines of liberty, and you can see what we both look like. Fantastic. But if you don't care, then you can just listen and you can read along, you can play along at home, because this is an episode where we're going to be talking about a lot of felonies, trending in the news, a lot of criminal justice items, stuff like that. You can find all that stuff at lionsofliberty.com slash FF126, because this is episode 126 of Felony Friday. That's how that works. So JB it's I, I don't even remember the last time you've been on. Normally I have queued up the last time you appeared on the show. I don't have that, but it's been a while man. When's I mean when's the last time you were on? I know you've been on the, the Pride exclusive episodes and c- conspiracy corners. When's the last yeah. time you were on either LALD or months. a months?
1: Maybe 4 6 months maybe? It hasn't been and that, that long. Wow. It might even be a conservative estimate. <laughs> Honestly, can't remember the last time I've been on Felony Friday that's crazy i'm starting, starting to think that you didn't like me i've just had a lot of a
2: lot of guests i haven't had rico on either for a long time
1: we had an emergency wow, been blowing up I, i've been really enjoying it you've been getting some pretty interesting folks on there
2: yeah you don't need the likes
1: of me mucking things up
2: <laughs> oh no we need to muck things up every once in a while and <laughs> get down and get down in the dirt with some of these ridiculous uh, criminal justice stories, ridiculous police abuse stories, things like that. And, you know, I think a good place to start, I'm just going to go totally off script here. Um, not off script, just not in order. Because this is, we did just have Memorial Day weekend last weekend, and there was a video going around. I think it happened on Saturday in Jersey. And as soon as I saw the video, I was like, "Yep, that's New Jersey. That makes sense." And what happened? I read this first on the Free Thought Project. I don't know if it was published somewhere else first, probably not. But I will put the video on the show notes page. This was wild. This was Wildwood, New Jersey. And they have Wildwood, New Jersey. There's been incidents with police officers doing crazy, crazy stuff before. There was one a video of a, of a cop just coming up behind someone a year or two ago and just punching them right in the back of the head. So. They have a history there in Wildwood. Maybe a training issue or maybe they're just uh, scumbags. I don't know. But the video, and I could talk a little bit more about um, what each side says led up to it, which is probably somewhere in the middle of the two. But when you watch the video, what you see is basically a cop standing over and kneeling over this girl after knocking her down and punching her, striking her in the head with a closed fist. This is like a, a young girl, I think in her late teens, pretty sure. And a, I think she's 20. Cop. At least 20. 20 years old. Yeah. And this is a, this is a pretty big because This is another cop standing around there too. I guess the lead up to it, the girl says basically she was there with her family. And the cop approached, asked if she was drinking, had her do a uh, breathalyzer. She passed it. And then she says she said something. Oh, no. She said something like, you have something better to do today, something like that. And the cop said, well, I was going to let you go, but because of that, we're going to arrest you, ask for ID. She refused ID, et cetera, et cetera, punched to the head. Now, the cop's story is that she was belligerent and kicked the cop in the balls. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't really believe the cop's story at all, but I don't tend to trust cops. So, JB, your first reaction after seeing this video, what do you think? Well, the first thing I think is
1: there's always a problem with me and you know I guess quote unquote laws or edicts that are very subjective, and one of those would be excessive use of force, you know it's kind of like it's one of those things like what what they say about pornography, where you know it, where you see it, and this is one of those instances that even if she did kick him in the balls, I would classify that as excessive use of force for a 20-year-old girl. Look, considering the size of the guy who she was pitted against, quote-unquote. Like, that's completely out of bounds. Like, that like that could have been solved in a much more calm and amicable way without a grown man punching a girl in the head several times and beating her to the sand. It's just unnecessary and excessive and i can't understand why like if there was an actual even if there was something that she did that would escalate it to that point i feel like that would have been captured on that video to reach that point that i feel like could would probably not be justified at all unless she was like brandishing a weapon and trying to kill him then maybe that level of force would be necessary to ensure the subdue subduing of the perpetrator. But anything other than that, it's completely out of bounds. That's what that's what my first thoughts were when I saw it. I don't know what you thought.
2: Yeah, you know how I know that if she did kick him in the ball, she didn't connect? Because the guy would not have been standing <laughs> if she had connected. So a little suspect if that even happened in the first place. I but, I, I too am it's,
1: I'm pretty um, suspicious about that claim, too.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I I mean, I'm fully on board with you. I mean, it kind of makes you think. So what like what is that line? You have a 20 20 year old girl. Like, when would the officer be in the right to be punching her in the head? If she's already tackled to the ground. I mean, unless she has a weapon, a knife of something, you know, trying to just get her to drop the weapon. That would be it. There's no weapon. I don't, I don't see any reason for a big buff cop to be striking a 20-year-old girl in the head.
1: No, it completely crazy. absurd, that response. And I it's don't ab- know.
2: It's absurd that the, the, the cops, I mean, without batting an eye, try to justify it, they put these two cops, the, uh, the one who was doing the, the head striking and the other guy that was there, put them on a you know, administrative leave. So yes, get, paid uh, of course. Yeah, of course it's paid. I'll push some paper around for a little, little while, then be right back on the street. So, well, it's not like we've never seen it before. Yeah, I know, and that's kind of the thing you, should, you get desensitized to it because you see stuff like this all the time, and it's like the free thought the free thought project. They have a video like this every three or four days, um, and you do. I mean, you get desensitized to it, and you come to expect it, and at the same time, I mean, you come to expect that. Honestly, it, it could happen to anybody. You know, I, I don't know. It's craziness. But I want to move on. And I did say, I did put out a, uh, a message in the Lions Liberty Pride secret Facebook group asking if anyone had any stories that they saw recently they, that they want to talk about. And we got some submissions. One from a story back, I think this is back in February. In Richmond, Virginia. So there was a guy who was going around collecting tires and saying he was disposing of them. But he was just putting them all in his backyard of the house that he rented. And it ended up there were like something like 1,500 tires in his backyard. The Richmond Public Works Department. I I guess the neighbors called them and, and brought them in. But he ends up getting charged with a class six felony. For keeping these tires in his uh, in his backyard, and it's actually it's crazy because I found two articles on it. And the second article, it's like a local a local news station went out to cover him cleaning up the tires, and it's him. Just hit my mic, and it's him putting the tires in the back of like a U-Haul truck, and this lady shoving reporter shoving a mic in his face. It's the most absurd thing you're ever gonna see. And he asked him questions, are you, are you going to properly dispose of these tires? What are you going to do? And the guy's like, just, it's not answering the questions. And it turns out that the landlord actually paid for the U-Haul for the guy to take the tires. And apparently he was taking them to be disposed of properly. And then he was doing this all right before he had his court date. So they, the news team follows him. News must be slow there see <laughs> follows him there, and they show him running into the courthouse to uh to make his to make his uh appearance in court and the cop ended up i guess dismissing the charges uh contingent upon the tires all being disposed of uh in an environmental way so I guess the question here j b if we could play is this a crime, and should they do time for a minute is it a crime to store? 1,500 tires in your backyard. Well, in the,
1: I guess in the purest sense, no, it's not a crime if it's your property. And it certainly seems like the landlord is complicit in this if they're getting the U-Haul and trying to organize this. That, That was the first time, like, as absurd as the story was, the first time I raised an eyebrow while reading it was when the landlord was like organizing the export of these tires from the backyard because now I'm like well the landlord now is complicit in this I guess this tire recycling scheme that this guy is running like they're in they're in this together they like the landlord as well knows very well that there's a ton of tires in this backyard and they're like into this together I don't know what happened in the court proceedings. I'm not going to say that it's not a legitimate tire recycling business because I don't know. Maybe that was just a temporary storage area before they accumulated enough tires to make it, you know, financially, you know, sensible to push them all to the recycling center. But I guess in the purest sense, like if you own property, then you should be able to store whatever you want there if it's not causing some type of environmental concern to the surrounding area which actually it does seem in the wording of the, of the um, article that tires do pose some type of environmental risk. I'm not certain what that might be because I didn't really have a chance to look into what a bunch of tires in someone's backyard could do to me on the other side. But then I don't know. Now you're like going into like in the inherent sense of property rights, can you do it? But then if you live in a community and you have certain guidelines to like not putting a bunch of trash in your backyard, because, you know, if I live next to you, I probably wouldn't appreciate it very much. It starts to get very gray, you know, in a system like this, I probably would say you shouldn't do it, but I'm surprised it's a felony. I'm really, I, supp- I would probably treat it as something like, you know, in certain uh, municipalities, if you don't cut your grass, when it's like, Three inches, you might get a ticket or something like that. That doesn't ever like transverse to the realm of a felony, which was actually pretty surprising to me. So I guess not a fine, but definitely a citable violation. Then, I guess in terms of like the type of agreements that you've been set that have been set forth for your community.
2: Yeah, I guess yeah. If you're looking at it from like uh, community and HOA. Uh, you know, covenants and codes type thing. I got, yeah, I could understand that. Um, If I joined an HOA and it said, you can't store 1500 tires in your backyard, I would be like, okay, I'm probably not going to do that. I'm okay with signing on. And you know what? I don't want my neighbor storing, you know, hundreds or thousands of tires in their yard because that could look bad if I'm trying to sell my house or. Exactly. And that's the, and
1: that's the flip side of it. It's like if I'm like, if I own like an auto shop and I'm trying to get rid of old tires that I replace and I go get in an agreement with a guy, I don't know if there's anything written or if it was a verbal contract. But if I say I'm giving you these tires to recycle and I'm paying you for them, I'm doing this so under the expectation that you are, in fact, recycling these tires and not dumping them somewhere, mm-hmm. despite the fact that it might be your own property that's not what I signed up for, and there could be some case of fraud there in terms of the agreements that were set forth for this tire disposal from the uh, presumably auto shops they were getting them from.
2: Yeah, that's. I think that is fraud. Um, it's hard; it'd be hard to calculate what the damages would be for something like that. But <laughs> returning the tires and I guess people getting their money back, something like that. Um, but. But yeah, you're, you're making a, a promise by contract and, and not meeting that. If, if that's the case, I don't know. But it, w- it goes back to what you were saying. If this is a, a pure property rights issue, say there's no community regulations, there's no uh, municipality regulations, anything like that. Just looking at property rights, if, if your neighbor is storing tires on their land, for it to be a uh, violation of the NAP, of the non- non-aggression non principle, we would have to somehow contaminate your land. Yeah, or exactly. some sort of smell that was so strong that made your land unlivable. And I'm sure some libertarians, even at that point, would argue against the smell not being a violation of the NAP. I would say that that it would be. But, I don't know, tires probably aren't going to smell that bad. It's probably more likely that they start to decompose, get into the water and then give your entire family cancer or something like that.
1: They most but, likely will attract vermin too. Those look like pretty good nesting sites. And now I have a bunch of rats in my basement because someone wants to keep 1500 tires in their backyard. Probably wouldn't be too pleased about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably a good idea to have something like that into do, if you're going to have an HOA or, or something, and which is why a lot of these municipalities out in uh, the suburbs have, and and in cities have ordinances and, uh, and things like that that. You can't store crazy stuff. And you could say that it's coercively put upon you. Um, some It is to some degree. But in, in, in a lot of the sense, especially with HOAs, you are moving there. You know what you're moving into. You read it. You sign it. So that's just the way it is, really. So I'm not going to argue with that. Speaking of vermin, speaking of um, pests, things like that, another story that was sent out in the Alliance of Liberty Pride Facebook group this was, where was this? I'm not finding it. Here it is, Florida. Of course it was Florida. It was a Florida teacher that got in hot water, no pun intended, for drowning a raccoon in front of his students. So apparently, the, this is pretty cool, actually. Um, I don't know if this is a public school or a private school, but they were, they were raising chickens. I'm assuming that they were doing it for the eggs. Maybe not, but this class was raising chickens, and something was killing them. And the teacher thought, or maybe whatever, trying to trap whatever it was, trapped a raccoon and assumed it was, it was a raccoon killing the chickens, which is possible. Um, I don't know if I've heard about raccoons. It's, it's unlikely, but possible. You normally hear about coyotes, foxes.
1: Foxes, yeah. Birds, like other say. birds, yeah.
2: But it could, be, it could have been. More, more likely, the raccoon was getting in there eating what the chickens were eating. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah.
1: Or maybe even eating the eggs or the feed. Most likely. Yeah. I would I'd be surprised if that, if it was actually killing, like hunting the chickens, that doesn't seem very raccoon like behavior.
2: Yeah. I, I would, I would agree with that. Raccoons normally go for the easy, the easy food, the, the yeah. garbage, the stuff like that. Anyway. So this causes an uproar and he ends up getting charged. No, they, they, they didn't charge him. They were going to charge him and it was, they let it go. Um, because it was ruled that it was what he, what he did. Cause he, he drowned the raccoon in front of his students. They said it was not cruel or inhumane, which is true. Um, outside of shooting the raccoon in the back of the head with like a 22 from point blank range, which is probably the most humane way to kill an animal of that size, at least. Um, drowning is probably is, is probably second to it and I know this because I have some experience in this field. I have when I bought when I bought my house uh, we bought it knowing and one of the reasons we got such a good price on it we bought it from hoarders and part of the stipulation of the contract was they had to get all the and they weren't hoarding weird stuff they were hoarding like books and magazines and just this crap the entire house was full of just like paper basically. But because of that, they didn't maintain the house and they had allowed trees, they didn't maintain the outside. There were trees that were growing over the roof and there were squirrels that were getting into the attic. So the first thing I had to do was go to the attic and capture the squirrels, which is what I did. I set traps and I caught them. And if you know anything about squirrels, unless you take them like across like three rivers, they're going to come right back uh, to to where they they were nesting before. So I, I drowned them. Kill me. All right, send Pete after me. I don't care. And I, I drowned a couple of them. There were probably three or four that were getting in. I blocked off the rest of it, so no more could get back in. Replaced all the insulation, sprayed it, all disinfected. It was the worst month of my life doing that. I would not wish that upon anybody. It was it was horrible, horrible. But I will say that squirrels drown pretty quick if you do it the right way. I mean, they can't they can't get out. It's not it's not like a long death. It's not a it's not like you're torturing them. So. That's my experience on that My experience with squirrels. I have also done the same thing with chipmunks because they tear up a garden. But now that everyone probably hates me for killing squirrels and chipmunks, <laughs> <laughs> I'll toss it to JB to get, to get your thoughts.
1: Well, since, since we're, you know, we're uh, opening up to past sins, I, I would admit uh, of having drowned a few mice that were stuck to glue traps back when I was young, because like, this is why I don't use glue traps, because they're not quick and efficient. They don't like snap and kill. They just stick there. And I'm like, do I toss this mouse in the trash and let it die of dehydration?
2: Slowly? Glue yeah, like, to a what thing? Is the, what are you supposed to do with glue traps? Like pull them off and go release them somewhere? I have no idea. The glue is so sticky.
1: I don't even manage how a fr- how you're going to pull a frantic wild rodent off that thing. Like... I don't. I don't even. I, that's why they're like some. Some places don't even sell them because of that. Because they don't kill. They just kind of trap and like. There's nothing you can do after that. So I've dropped a few glue traps in some water just because I thought it was a, a quicker and more efficient death than you know tossing it in the trash with a live animal stuck to it and have them die dehydration presumably. On the other hand, from someone who's I don't know how close, but felt like they were almost drowning. It's an entirely unpleasant experience. It's not nearly as quick as efficient as like a bullet to the head or maybe CO2 officiation as they like they do in labs are where you kind of just like just slow down and just sit or something like that. It's kind of like for any animal that breathes air, drowning is probably very unpleasant. So I'm kind of conflicted as whether how humane drowning is, even though I've willing, I've willingly admitted to doing it myself. It was better than the alternative. It's like, I really didn't have a choice. I'm not, even if I had an access to a firearm at that point, I I hardly think I was going to pull a 22 on, on a mouse on a glue trap. Like my options were limited and it was my best option, but you know, I don't know if it was quite this guy's best option, you know? That's why I'm a little conflicted about this story. I don't necessarily think that he committed a crime. I don't think this guy should be prosecuted. Um, it's not like he did it for any type of pleasure or anything, or or like we even mentioned ourselves, that's anything that's like people don't actually do on a fairly regular basis when they're left with no other choice. But, you know, I don't know. It conflicted is where this leaves me. But definitely not in the realms of like any type of you know criminal pursuit and of what this person that he probably didn't have to do it in front of all the students <laughs> he could have maybe called, called animal control and they could have euthanized these animals you know in the way that they euthanize everything else there were options he i feel like he probably could have handled that with a little more tact i guess that's where i'm left
0: my name is dale kearns and i'm running for united states senate in pennsylvania as a libertarian I'm a concerned citizen who has had enough. I work as a project manager for an electrical contractor in southeastern Pennsylvania. There I manage large commercial and industrial projects. I'm a husband and a father of two energetic little girls. I'm running to advocate for a society where my girls have more liberty, not less. Will you support our campaign? Unlike my competitors, I'm not a career politician. I don't have millionaire and billionaire donors. I'm running for Senate in Pennsylvania because I want to take the message to Washington that we want government out of our lives. Will you let me be your voice? Let me be the voice that says, we will not walk quietly down the road to Serftal. The voice that says we need free market solutions. The voice that says we need to end the failed war on drugs. The voice who will fight for the forgotten man, non-violent offenders wasting away in prison, and addicts who are afraid to speak up and seek the help they need. We are seeking members for our campaign team. I encourage you to apply. We need donations to help us spread the message of liberty across the state. We can go on hoping for liberty to happen, or we can fight together. I hope you choose the latter and join me today. Find out more at DaleKerns.com.
2: Paid for by Dale Kearns for office. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, calling animal control was probably the easiest thing to do, but maybe the guy doesn't want to mess around with the state. You know, it's a state-run organization, right, animal control? I think it is. That's true. Maybe not, but yeah, he could have driven it and and set it free it might have come back i don't know how if if raccoons are like that but i think you i mean you do bring up a good point with drowning but it's not like he's gonna get a sword out and decapitate it so i I don't know definitely definitely, that's what i would have done right in front of the students bringing a sword (laughs) tie it down gotta be terrible Anyway, moving on from that, let's talk about Smooth Transition. Let's talk about, go across the pond to our friends in Great Britain, to EDL, I forget what EDL stands for, Um, founder Tommy Robinson. He's been jailed for contempt of court because, if you didn't know, in Great Britain they do not have freedom of speech. So keep that in mind um, when you're speaking out against Great Britain, because if you ever end up there one day, they might not like it. You might get thrown in jail for something you say, but I'm going to say it anyway. So the thing, the weird thing about this, and I'm not an expert in this case at all. I've read like two articles and Tommy Robinson, that's a, he's one of those guys that goes by a fake, you know, a, a fake name. It's not his real name. That's his you know, Facebook name or Twitter name, whatever performance name. He's very anti-Muslim. Um, he's advocated for shutting down mosques and uh, essentially what he did, what he does and what he got arrested for is in England, they have a rule that you're not allowed to report on a trial during the proceedings until it's concluded. So what he was doing is going outside all these um, trials that involved Muslims. And I think the one that they got him for in contempt of court was, was for either child molestation or child abuse of some kind. And he was following people in and out. Um, I think uh, not even the right people, not even the ones who were who were accused or on trial, saying, oh, you hope, hope you have your bag, bags packed and you're ready to go to jail, stuff like that. Which, you know, you can think whatever you want about Tommy Robinson. I kind of compare him to a, not that they're even advocating for the same thing, but sort of this hateful, uh, single, uh, single focus ideology against one culture, really. Or just, I'm, I'm just going to say, uh, compare him to Richard Spencer. I guess Rich, Richard Spencer is just for, um, I don't know, what, what, one race or one, one religion. Tommy Robinson seems to be against just Muslims. So I'm not saying Tommy Robinson is a good person, but when they have this contempt contempt of court stuff and he's been targeted before by the police, he's thrown in jail without a trial. um, That's there's no freedom of speech. So that's, that's not a good thing. And even if, I mean, even if you don't agree with what he's saying, that's not a reason just to shut him up and throw him in prison. Um, If anything, you want somebody like... The reason we have the First Amendment, and JB, I'm ranting, I'll let you chime in here, but in my understanding, the way that I understand it, and what I like about the First Amendment is it brings this uh, abhorrent talk, these uh, these abhorrent emotions and feelings that people have, it brings them to the surface, and people are free to communicate freely about them, but they also have to defend them, and they also have to you know, deal with the consequences of being a hateful person. So... Allow that to happen. All this is going to do, and all, all this really has done, is turn Tommy Robinson into a free speech martyr and raise him up into some kind of character person that I don't really perceive him to be at all. So what, what kind of thoughts do you have on this, JB? Well,
1: you've, you've pretty much summed it up. Like, there's really no point to a right to free speech if it doesn't protect unpopular speech. That's the only reason the right to... Sp- Free speech exists. If you're only saying things that everyone approves of, what's the point of protecting it? It's for a circumstances like this. Like, I I haven't delved enough into this guy to say either way, but I'm almost 100% certain I probably wouldn't like this person and probably generally disagree with most of his views. But to shut him down and potentially put him in prison for what he thinks and wants to say is completely against you know my 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 ethical standing and the way i feel like the laws in any nation should be regardless if this is united states or uk or whatever like if you're if you're a country that values rights and freedom as the uk claims to and i hope they don't take this the wrong way because i'm an avid arsenal fan and would like to go back to the country sometime soon uh but you know these are the types of things that you should be protecting things that you dislike It's easy to protect speech you like. This is the point of it. This is entirely the point. Discussing things that you don't agree with, this is the time to show your mettle and show that you believe in these freedoms. Not when it's easy, when they're saying things you agree with.
2: That's how I see it. Mm -hmm. Do you think that... And, you know, I always say this left and right. I always say people on the left, but it's really not that simple because... You know, you put people in a category, people don't break down like that. But I think people on the right, a certain percentage are just as guilty of it. So it's really that author authoritarian group on each side that really don't understand that. And it's, it's crazy to think that... I, do any countries in Europe have anything compared to the First Amendment? I don't know. Not that
1: I'm aware of. Because I know... The UK clearly doesn't. I know France, there are definitely things, types of speech that are not protected, especially things concerning Nazism, for example, can land you into legal trouble. So I know they don't have a carte blanche when it comes to free speech. There are certain things that you cannot say or you can be prosecuted. Likewise with Germany, for obvious reasons, and along those same veins. Those are the countries I know the best. I can't speak for places like Luxembourg and things of that nature and how their laws go. But I could probably safely say for all the major nations, their right to free speech isn't as broad as ours is.
2: Well, congratulations. You're now our new European correspondent for Alliance of Liberty. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do my best. (laughs) But uh, I, I forget where I was going with that, but I mean, it seems like. It doesn't seem like we're that far. I guess my point is we're not that far from getting to that point here in the United States, I don't think. Um, I think there's people on the right and left that would su- would support uh, sort of similar things like uh, you're not allowed to, to be a Nazi. You're not allowed to um, say say bad things about Muslims. So, I don't know. I'm, 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 yeah, or You're not allowed re- to speech. protest
1: the flag or you're not allowed yeah. to do that. Any any number of things that people don't like. They, I'm sure there are segments of both sides of the of the political divide, quote unquote, that if, if given the opportunity, would probably try to outlaw. Despite the fact that flies in the face of of the rights that they claim to hold dear on both sides. They, they, they both, it's amazing on both sides. They, they do, I feel in their, in their minds at the very least, they feel like they're, they're wholeheartedly committed to this, this bill of rights and, and, and the, the things that are put in this as our natural rights as citizens that we should be able to do. But as soon as, you know, Something happens that they disagree with. It's like they forget it. It's all all of a sudden. It's like it's all it's all just words on a page to them, and they're just trying to stamp it down as best as they can. And you're right; it does seem that way. But I I, I tend to have more faith. There've been lots of times where things were more. I feel more tenuous than they are now. Like if they didn't get rid of like free speech during like 1969, during the height of like Vietnam in '68. Are they going to get rid of it now? You know, it's kind of like I, I have more faith in in, in, in in our institutions that it'll hold on a little bit longer. And this phase, which I'm calling a phase of liberal absurdity will pass and things will, you know, level back to the mean.
2: Well, I think we're seeing and I don't I think you're right. I don't think we'll see like the First Amendment overturned or, or anything like that or, or thrown out because there's just not, for, for that to happen to line up with like two thirds of the states have to sign off on it or it has to be a constitutional convention or something like that. It,
1: it seems almost impossible to me mm-hmm. for that to happen.
2: But I think what is happening and what will probably continue to happen is you have these large tech companies, of course, like Google, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, who are really controlling speech in their own, um, within within their own systems. And there's a lot of libertarians that would immediately respond to that and say, well, you know, that's their company. They can do as they please. Which there is some truth to that, but there's also the truth that a lot of these companies through contracts with the government are sort of arms of the government because they're entangled and they're underneath government control, government regulations. So I I, I don't really buy that. And the, the other thing, I forget where I was going with that. I had a, th- I had a second point. I'll let you, I'll, I'll come back to it. Tell me what you think about that. I answer.
1: remember we talked about this before because I guess I do fall in that camp that you had mentioned before. I guess the libertarian camp it was like, well, they're, they're private companies. If they have a platform and they say you can't do certain things, I don't think that, first of all, I literally cannot force them And I don't think it's I don't think it's my right to use the force of the government to force them. Unless, of course, what you're saying is true. If they become literally a an arm of the government, then they have to uphold and respect all the laws that the government does. The government is not allowed to infringe infringe upon free speech. So then any institution that operates within the governmental sphere has to abide by those rules as well. So it all comes to the point of when exactly does that occur? Does it really does it have to fall does YouTube have to be literally under the Department of Com- Commerce before that happens or whatever the the FTC is under? I'm not quite sure what department that falls under. Maybe it's commerce, I don't know. <laughs> but who cares? yeah, who cares? Anyway, yeah. like when when do you decide like how, do, how can you say that? Is it is it a, a certain number of government contracts? Is it like we now broadcast everything that happens in C-SPAN or we have exclusive rights to certain things? How do you make that dis- determination? When does a private company long, no longer become private?
2: Well, I, I think it's a combination. Uh, one aspect that, that gets overlooked is these companies are so huge. They have so much money, so much money to lobby the government that they can lobby for regulations and legislation that really makes it so expensive that competitors are not able to get in to compete with them. And I don't have any examples of of YouTube doing something like that, but it could easily, easily happen. So when you have things like that happening, that sort of crony, I don't know, crony uh, forcing of a monopoly, um, really building, it's sort, sort of what Uber has done. And people give, we're getting sort of off topic here. We are talking about First Amendment, but now we're talking about monopolies and oligopolies, things like that. People th- give Uber all kinds of credit. And I think Uber did a nice job paving the way, but the problem is they built up walls around them again so the competition couldn't get back in a lot of these municipalities. And I forget Uber's founder's name, but he is a bulldog. and He would go into these cities and just steamroll the city councils or whoever he was dealing with or uh, the people with the state he was dealing with and get Uber in and then say, all right, now the Uber's in, you know, let's, let's not anyone, anyone else saying, cause that'd be too dangerous. You know, we have these certifications here. Our drivers are doing this. And I mean, you're starting to see Lyft get, get in and almost equally to Uber, but really it should just be ride sharing. It's, it's a thing now. People should be allowed to compete, but it's to the point that you can't, I mean, you and I, we could try to start up a ride-sharing service tomorrow, but to scale it to the point to compete with Uber or Lyft is probably impossible. Well, that's true, but
1: I think what you're 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 referring to is like protectionism. I and that's not a flaw of Uber per se; it's a flaw of government. It, the government is set up in a way to to facilitate these things from to happening. Like, is it? I'm not saying that morally, the CEO of Uber should be putting artificial barriers in the way of anyone who's coming in their wake. But if, if government allows these types of things to occur, should I really blame him for taking advantage of it?
2: Well, that's, I think that's a good point. And that's, I'm, not, I'm not comparing you to Donald Trump, but that's the exact same thing that you know Trump said when people bring up eminent domain. You know, I'm just doing what the, the law allows me to do. Why wouldn't I take advantage of the laws in the books? Totally understand where he's coming from there. And I, I I think I do agree with you that I'm certainly not going to think anymore of Donald Trump or of the Uber founder, forget his damn name. But, you know, there could be people to make examples of it. And as libertarians, we should be pointing this stuff out and not just be blindly, not saying that you are, I'm not saying all libertarians blindly praise Uber, but there is a lot of, at least from my perspective, some just blind praising of Uber for making, um, you know, ride sharing and and uh, every really completely disrupting the industry and changing it, which which they have done. But uh, I don't know.
1: I'm all for increased competition, and if Uber is doing something to stifle competition, in its in its wake of success, I guess I don't even know if we can even call it success yet. I don't know if they've turned a profit yet, because last I heard, they haven't. So I don't I don't even know if I can quite yet qualify this as a success, but just opening up because there was really like a, a cabal in terms of like taxi services like you can't you need all these licenses, you need this, you need that, like million dollar badges in New York. It was insanity. Just to give someone a goddamn ride around a city when everyone owns cars, all of this was insanity. So to be able to break down those barriers and open the market, I'm a hundred percent and i guess that's where all the libertarian fanboys are falling in because they see that aspect i'll honestly admit i don't know anything about any uber government man- manipulation to shut the door behind them do i would i be surprised if they're doing it absolutely not like i can i i would be i would go as far as suspecting that they're doing it I have no proof of this. I'll dig up some articles.
2: We've had conversations on it before in the forum, so I'll I'll try to link some articles. Yeah, like
1: like I said, I'd even go as far as suspect that they're doing it because that's what everyone does. And and now we're right back where we started. So I, I don't approve of that either. But now this is down to the role of government. Government were the ones who set up the roadblocks for Uber to break down in the
2: first place, and they're the ones who are building it behind them. Yeah, but the thing is, a lot of the governments that Uber is doing this with, they're state and local governments. It's not the federal government. Does it matter? So, I know. I know. Do I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. Do a lot I of think people the city of Philadelphia
1: can stomp on saying, my rights just because they're not seated in DC?
2: I, no, I 100% agree with you. But I think we lose focus of that, not me and you, collectively as libertarians or collectively as just people. And we look, you know, we look to the federal government, we, we, we point a finger at them. When in reality, you could probably make just as big a difference. And you probably, probably locally libertarians, it's our only chance, not our only chance, but our best shot to make a difference is by getting involved in our local community politics to deliver a little more liberty in in the near term. When I say near term, five, 10 years. Um, To really change federal politics, to get multiple, multiple, multiple libertarians elected to the senate and congress and the presidency i mean we're talking i don't know decades at the at the very least maybe maybe i'm hopefully i'm wrong but anyway the founder of uber travis kalanick that's the guy i'm thinking of there's also it's it's two founders garrett camp i've never heard of him but travis is the guy i was thinking of Anyway, we got way off topic there, but that's why, that's why we do this. I was, I was going to we we're going to talk about this animal cruelty and oh, we're kind of running out of time. I don't know if you want to touch on it. The story was out of, this was out of Florida, I believe. And essentially what was happening, there was a group, animal recovery mission. And there's actually a friend of, uh, uh, my wife and I have a friend who is a, Local news reporter down in Florida who is doing something with the reporting on this. I don't know if she did everything, um, all the reporting. But apparently, this guy, the guy who founded the group, Richard Koto Couto, C O U T O. How would Brian How would Brian McWilliams say that? (laughs) New game. Um, Apparently, this guy walks around like he's in the military, and what they're doing is they're they're staking out um, really slaughterhouses slaughterhouses or just farms and looking for looking for red flags, looking for people breaking the law. And in a lot of these cases, what they've done is they've videotaped pigs being slaughtered, cows being slaughtered, et cetera, et cetera. And just to, just to to show that picture and raise alarm and this horrible stuff happening when in reality, it's not against the law to slaughter. I mean, they're saying they're not licensed to do it, but it's not against a lot of slaughter animals if you're consuming them yourself, but they're saying they're giving them away or they're selling them. And then you brought up, JP. I missed it in this article, that, but there is an accusation of them selling horse meat. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Which I, hasn't been proven, I think. The article tried to make clear there was just some allegations. I think they did get some meat samples that were tested to be horse, but I don't know if they can trace it back to the farm per se. It's very confusing. Like, it doesn't seem like they have much on these people in terms of any actual criminal wrongdoing, which is the way that actually the couple of articles, because they both came out of, what, Lee County, Florida, they're kind of linked together in terms of some things that are going down there.
2: Yeah, and I haven't looked into the background of this, uh, of the guy who founded this animal recovery mission but my understanding is it's really everyone that he's targeting their immigrants. I'm pretty sure. And I'm assuming this guy is, I mean, if you're targeting people, I'm assuming he would be sort of a Trump guy. I don't know if he's trying to get people deported. Maybe I'm way off. I should probably do more research before making an accusation like that. But I don't know. I guess the bottom line is here, I'll link to these on the show notes page and you guys can read them yourselves. I need to, there's like, if you Google this, there's like it's a pretty big uh, investigation this news uh, local news team is doing here, and there have been charges filed. There's also been some thrown out. So check it out yourself, and maybe we'll weigh in on it at a later date. And that's all I got, JB. You got anything else you want to tell the Fine Felony Friday people?
1: No, I've a hundred things to say about these articles, but I guess it's gonna have to wait for another time. Or yeah, what, what else? Or do you do have maybe to the
2: say? forum. What else do you have to say?
1: No, it, it'll take it'll take way too long to unpack, you know, way too long. Give us,
2: give us a nugget. Give us give us a nugget. Give us something.
1: I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> but you do, you, you do know I'm a vegetarian, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So let's yeah, talk, it let's talk about it. For, let's talk yeah. about it
1: from that aspect. Well, I'll just I'll just leave these, especially when it comes to the horse, the horse regulations, which is really one of the only like things they could probably hit them on in terms of the law. I don't understand if you eat meat, what certain types of meat are special. You know, if you eat meat, you eat meat. If some people want to eat horse, I don't see what how it, it's any different from eating a cow.
2: It's because horses have names, like Daisy. and uh... Cows have names.
1: People <laughs> name their cows, especially dairy cows that you have for a long time. They get names, like Bessie and stuff. That's a classic cow name. <laughs> Tell me you've never heard
2: Bessie the cow before. Yeah, Bessie the cow. Of course. You see? <laughs> Yeah, but that's you know, just a little. That's a little piece. Probably, I'm assuming horse meat is not very good because horses run a lot and not very fatty. I would assume.
1: I don't know. They eat it in Europe, so. Do they? Some places, really. Yeah, you can buy it in France. So, how
2: long have you been a vegetarian for? A while now. What year is it? Over a decade. Really? Holy crap. Yeah. No. I mean, I knew last time I saw you, you were a vegetarian, so I knew it was at least four or five years, but. No. Okay. What are you going to eat at Pork Fest? Is there going to be any vegetables? I thought that was just a name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually, well, it's, it's Porky. Yeah, Porcupine Festival. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I'd have to eat actual porcupines.
2: <laughs> sure. Oh, it's man. pretty
1: gamey. It's probably like Rabbit, which I've had before.
2: I'm sure it is. I'm sure porcupine would not be very good. <laughs> Speaking of Pork Fest, yes, we are going to Pork Fest and we're looking forward to it. That's going to be in coming up on what, three weeks? Something like that. We'll be going to Pork Fest. So that's going to be here before we know it. And you can help us out. You guys sent us there. You gave us the money to get there. We thank you for that. Uh, the Lions of Liberty Pride has given us the money to get there. Mark and I will be going to the LNC convention in New Orleans, which is right before the 4th of July, giving you some. Interviews from there, live coverage, stuff like that. So we're looking forward to, to that. We still kind of need really a little more funding to get there. We're just assuming it's going to come in. So if you haven't joined the Pride yet, watching this episode of Felony Friday on video is one perk, and another perk would be all the other stuff we have, because Conspiracy Corner shows, um, Degenerate Gamblers. We're recording a an episode of Libertarians and rooms drinking liquor, which I'm assuming will air... Right around the time as this comes out. Are you on that, JB? Tomorrow? Tomorrow? I'm I don't think so. I think I'd Mark thought ch- you might be. But you can, if, I might be. Yeah,
1: you can be if, if you, you want to. If you hear my voice, then I then I am then.
2: Yeah, there's <laughs> no, no limit. We're gonna try to get as many people on there, as many lines of liberty on there as we can. And it's just gonna be only available to pride members. So join at patreon.com slash lines of liberty. That's all I got. JB, got anything to say? Anything, parting words of wisdom? No, I've said my piece. All right, well, this is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fire is a liberty burning.